Part Two of Told Under a White Oak Tree. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chuck Williamson. Told Under a White Oak Tree by Bill Hart's Pinto Pony and William S. Hart. I've heard actors talk a lot about highlights. It's something to do with putting paint on your face in a way to make something stand out. So I reckon that's a good word for me to use, because I'm an actor, but I don't have to paint. The man what made the world and hosses and everything, he painted me. And there is such a man, you bet. I'm a hoss and I know, because I got hoss sense. But about them highlights, there's a lot of them. But the next one I remember is one day, Big Bill. He come over to the corral with a bunch of the boys. And I dragged my ball and chain over close to the fence because I wanted to hear what was going on. I say ball and chain on the level. Afore Bill owned me, they always used to put a chain on my hind leg with a ball on the end of it. A big heavy chain, too, almost as thick as my leg, because the other hosses liked the corral and liked to stay in it. And I being kicked so much by Snake Eye, I got mean and ornery like he was, and I kicked them out. So they put that doggone half-ton of iron on me, and I had to stand there and let that dynamite hoss and his friends laugh at me. When if I was free, I could have had him and his friends and all on the ground five seconds after the bell. Well, when the gang started to talk, I was wishing the earth would swallow me, for they was all talking about what a great jumper dynamite was. I knowed it was true, for he has jumped over the fence to get away from my heels lots of times. Oh, Bill had to have a hoss to jump through a window, and the gang was all saying he'd just have to take dynamite, as no one had ever seen me jump, and I never had neither, and I had to stand there just quivering and waiting to be passed up. Bill, he thought a long time, and then he said, Boys, I reckon you all know what you're talking about. And I know you're all anxious to see me put over this stunt, what's never been done before. But somehow I just can't pass up the little paint house. You know, we ain't a-going to jump over a hurdle out in the open. We're going to go through a window. Dynamite can jump, but he might get scared and not try. The little paint has never jumped, but he won't scare none and i know he'll try right there i was swelling up and looking indifferent but gee how i would have liked to give the boss a handshake some of the boys hereupon got sort of riled up and king what's our ranch foreman here now said jumpin hoss is a jumpin hoss tain't all hosses can jump and deacon whitmore he said all the grittin' hosses ain't tucked into one. And Fat Jones, he said, 
I never did cotton to calicoes nohow. Solid colors for mine. And then Curly Eagles wound up with, Say, Bill, you're losing your judgment and getting plumb chicken-hearted over that paint house. The boss stiffened just a little. But, gee, he made me sore. There was that doggone silence again, and he said, after looking him over careful, Who's to ride this house? You fellers? Or me? He didn't say no more. Just climbed over the fence, and I nosed him. And he said, You little son of a gun. That night, just afore dark, when everyone had gone home and I was chewing hay, the boss, he come and got me, and took me up to the top of the hill, where I never went before, where the big stage was, where they took all the indoor pictures. He led me round to the back door, and put my head up against it, and then he slapped me on my tail and said, Go on, paint. I thought he was going nutty, but I always do as I'm told when I think he means it. So I walked through the door, which just swung open, when I hit it with my head. There was no one inside, just a big bare saloon with a bar and round tables and chairs all over. The boss, he took me straight across the room lengthwise and put my head right up against the window. And right then I commenced to get wise. I was to come a-runnin' head first through the back door, keep right on goin', and jump through the window. I didn't want to rob the boss of the idea of teaching me, so I let him do it. First he got a hammer or a hatchet. Yes, it was a hatchet. And took out the window. Then he made me stand close and stick my head way through and look all over outside. Then he led me back a bit and got on me and kicked me a little. And just for that little kick, I had a little fun with him. I took it on the run, but I stopped kerplunk at the window, never tried to leave the floor. And the boss, he got down and petted me and talked soft to me and, gee, I was ashamed. Oh, golly, I felt mean and wanted to turn away and go to it. And thunderation, the boss thought I was scared. Gee, it was awful. If I could only use human language, how I would have loved to do it right there. But I couldn't. So I could only nose him and listen. And he said, Paint, this board floor is a bad takeoff. And you must try not to slip. And this two-by-four bottom of the window is three feet two inches from the ground. So you got to get up in the air and not forgetting, old-timer, that there won't be more'n six inches to spare each side of my legs and nothing to speak of over my head and me riding low. He didn't say no more, just petted me a minute and got on me and rode me back. And when he wheeled me, I was gone and outside before you could say jackrabbit three times. The boss, he don't swear much, only when he's mad. And I was kind of surprised when he got off me and looked at me and said, Well, I'm damned. Then he took off his hat and scratched my head 
and led me around the back door and inside again and i was wondering what it was all about until i see him pick up a bundle he had brought with him and take out some stuff that you could see through and that looked like fine chicken wire only it was soft he took the hammer and some tacks and nailed it up over the window and got on me again and we went through it and i had the soft stuff cheesecloth the boss called it all around my head just like little girls do when they dress in white and parade then the boss just pulled it off and left me standing and went inside and i heard the hammer going and i knowed he was putting the window back in and then he comes back and just grinned and we went back to the corral the next day was the big doings and maybe i wasn't proud when they came and got me and took the ball and chain off my hind leg and maybe i didn't upstage that bunch of hosses and sidle over and try to get a kick at dynamite when i was going out no use trying to say i didn't because i'll tell the world i did and he got it too and he just beat it like a coyote i don't bear malice none but i stay mad a long time and right here i want to say there's just two things i hate and dynamite is both of em well when we got up the hill the boss he took me through the back door again and he led me this time the saloon was just full of people must have been two hundred and all the lights was spittin sparks and the camera was up on the platforms and the boss he just led me over to the window again and petted me never saying a word and then he started to lead me back out and halfway out he stopped and talked to two actors and said now willis you and ross stand right here don't get over four feet away from this spot and i didn't understand what this had to do with us until we got outside the back door and it closed and the boss took down his rope and started to make a loop i turned my head and looked at him kind of inquiring like and he said that's it partner i got to rope him as we go through so you see how much depends on you hitting that window plumb center i just couldn't help the look of scorn that came into my eyes and he got it because he said quick you're right paint dynamite couldn't have done it in a million years he'd have broke my neck so i knowed he understood and i was satisfied i worked a lot in pictures and i've seen a lot of stunts pulled off and never seen actors or extra people turn a hair they get used to em but when me and the boss hit the ground outside and willis and ross come piling through the window on the end of that rope and the camera stopped grinding there was two hundred people jumping up in the air and shouting in that saloon we was outside but they made noise enough to hear em in china the boss he slid off me and looked me over and found a little scratch on my nose where the glass had cut me and the doggone fool he put his mouth right down to it and then turned away 
wiping his eyes maybe it's things like that which make all the little boys like my boss and think he's a hero of course i think they should only i can't see why they should when i do all the work but i suppose it must be fine for a boy to have something to look up to a regular hero it must be healthy for him and give him a high mark to shoot at and just kind of make him feel stimulated and warm all over because he wants to grow up and be like his hero big bill he says it's fine for the boys but tough on me just think what i got to try and live up to says he and how can i do it when i got an ornery no-account cuss like you meaning me hanging round <laughs> doggone him he always blames me but i'm getting off the trail i got to tell about some more of them there highlights pronto or i'll keep you folks here under the trees all day and it's getting near feeding time end of part two